Do you know what I just read? They can't see you yet. Or hear you. I've got this voice in my head that apparently responds to things I say. And do you do you know what I read about... Oh, no, I can't tell you. It's it's too crazy. I, I know you'll think I'm crazy if I start talking about. Oh. Gravy? Birds? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. We're going to have to stop. about what this time <laughs> everything every, the, the official account is mm. false always right do you, do you know do you know what i read today well actually what i did read today was on the uh contemplations on the tree of woe was talking about conspiracy theorists and coincidence cultists and i realized that had to be our episode we're gonna we're gonna have to yeah. i i think now that we're over the hump of a variety of things, including those of you who are actually watching this live or like catching up with us in, in mostly real time on the videos, the packages to the backers have shipped. Q, um, not conspiracy, but delight and just, yay. We finally, we're going to have to ask you for the some more money. The conspiracy to send things. What? <laughs> the conspiracy to send things via shipping, like... <laughs> finally, finally, it's it's it was of course more more elaborate than we realized, and all of those you know the guys who helped us with all of the information of this that and the other. There's always a piece that's missing. <laughs> mm -hmm. How to affect one of these these uh, particular Kickstarter thingies? Anyway, the, the packages have gone out, and we're we're arcing our way to the to the finale of Act Two, so we actually know where our story's going, which makes us happy. And in the long run, I think we should have some more guests. And one of them I think we should have is 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 this character who writes the contemplations on the tree of woe, who I do actually know. So, you know, maybe we'll get him. It could happen. Right? But meanwhile, he's saying as uh, he's talking about, you know, the sort of we're all at some point in conspiracy theories and he quotes. He um, actually quotes. And I, I think this caught my eye. A study by the University of Chicago that was covered in, an, in a little NPR thing 10 years ago, 10 years ago. I wonder whether the numbers have gone up. Apparently back in 2014, 
two of my Chicago colleagues, Eric Oliver, whom I do know in person, that's a real person, um, and Thomas Wood, whom I'm not sure I know, um, uh, found that in this study, 50% um, of the country subscribes to at least one of the conspiracy series they listed in their in their study. So 19% of Americans believe the U.S. government was behind the 9-11 attacks. Again, this was 10 years ago. <laughs> and all of them were watching Alex Jones. 25% believe the recent financial crisis, I guess the 2008 one, right, was caused by the small cabal of Wall Street bankers. 11% of people believe the government is mandating a switch to compact fluorescent light bulbs because the light bulbs make people obedient and easy to control. I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> so apparently, you know, believing in a conspiracy theory is a mainstream position at this point, or at least a median position yes. that the, the bulge of the, of the middle is like 50% of us believe in something. <laughs> that some other of us would can count as a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I was uh, I was on board with 9-11. I was an early adopter of the 9-11 was an inside job theory. <laughs> I, I, we are going to cover this, right? We have some examples yeah. to, to, to talk ourselves, maybe a sort of mini test, right? How many of these do you actually believe? 50% <laughs> of our viewers will believe at least one of them, we promise. <laughs> Probably, okay. Play, play. Conspiracy bingo, basically. Yes, get your bingo cards out. We have, we've got the list. We, or at least we've got some of the list, right? Um, but I, and, and the thing is, I was looking through the list of the ones we had. I was like, I don't even find many of these terrifically triggering anymore at all, which I find even worse. <laughs> I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's the difference between? The, you know, listen to the uh, clean speech ex expletive word, they pump into your head. The, the official account is false, right? Is there anybody alive on planet Earth at this point that doesn't believe at some point that they're, the powers that be are simply straight up lying to us? I don't know how you could be alive and not think about at least one conspiracy. I don't understand. Um yeah it, it's i mean we just lived through covid there are i suppose it's it's i, I don't understand how yeah nobody at this stage has any doubt any <laughs> suspicion that there's been some lying happening yeah at some point um so maybe maybe the unusual situation was uh, actually having a, a population that believed what the official account said yeah maybe, maybe it's, it's it's like we, it's, yeah. it's one of those graphs where you like if you if you look at this portion of it it's oh there's a decline oh i actually we didn't include climate change we'll have to do that one later oh. that's a, that's okay there were so many to choose from right but if you know depending on if you take if you take this part of the graph right it's it's only you know going down or something whereas if you look at the whole thing you realize no it started down here with up and down it's like the the framing on how much of the phenomenon you are, you're actually tracking is significant. And maybe, maybe uh, what we're doing is we're just coming down from this completely unusual peak in human history at all in which the majority of people trusted the, the news sources. 
<laughs> the blissfully ignorant era. <laughs> I don't know, Leo. Uh... I mean, it's 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 interesting to think, right? It's like I so um, back in the well, back in the Enlightenment, they believed that they knew better everything that had happened than oh, for example, it happened in the Middle Ages, and so they said, you know, those mm -hmm. those medieval historians are making stuff up all the time. They believe ridiculous things like miracles, but we enlightened philosophers of the 18th century we know what's true and what's not and those idiots never knew so, so you know there's a there's a kind of moment at least in the 18th century where they're confident that they can have act you know sort of accurate knowledge about the world about society and that it all depends on reason so this is the this is the origin of uh thinking that reason has has completely overridden human nature as well that people have, have have the ability to reason their way through the world and so everybody's acting reasonable all the time and never nefariously that was the theory or <laughs> what an interesting theory <laughs> And of course, and of course, they were no longer, you know, the, the, back in the 18th century, they were confident that they, you know, they could, they could live according to reason and they would not be swayed by emotion. But then, of course, the 19th century came along and everyone was swayed by emotion. It's called romanticisms because they were so sick of thinking that, you know, everything could be so cut and dried and, and, you know, studied with statistics and graphs and plotted accurately. And, and so the 19th century was, although on the one hand, the Industrial Revolution, but it was also a great period of, oh, making everything up, including history. Mm -hmm. You see, I, I have, a, I have a, you know, of course, the official story is false. The, the, this is called historiography, where you, from generation to generation, realize that whatever version of the narrative you had from the older accounts probably was focused on particular perspectives and you know had biases or interests that you don't share anymore and so the newer accounts well they always seem more true at the, at the outset but then if you keep going for a few more generations you start realizing that oh wait <laughs> yeah right the official count was false but so is yours oh dear mm. is epistemologically this is really tricky so we, well, it's the, so we're sorting through stories that may not be true when we're looking at history. That's a kind of uh, <laughs> unnerving thing to think about for a lot of people. Because when you, when you get introduced to history as a subject, it's usually uh, presented as though you have this body of evidence and then everything has been perfectly assembled together, collected, and then you have the facts <laughs> so we know what happened but there's this little thread of doubt to say maybe the the collection of evidence itself wasn't entirely trustworthy in the first place oh well there are two different things right there's the evidence and then there's the narrative and both mm. can be complicated yeah. So if you guys if you guys want the big footnoted fat version of this, um, Peter Novick's That Noble Dream, The Objectivity Question in the American Historical Profession, 1989 or 88, um, where he goes through American historiography on the Civil War from 
the Civil War to the late 80s and says, you know, each generation of Civil War historians were convinced that they were getting the objective version of whatever had happened in, in that encounter. But by 1989, nobody was sure about what the story was. <laughs> it had flipped so many times. And these are, I mean, these are not the, the you know, the guys on the internet that do videos. We would never be one of those um, who just make stuff up out of their heads and, you know, do a little bit of research from Wikipedia. Oh, no, I'm sure they do deep dives into all of the evidence. But the problem is that go down that rabbit hole. Right. And you, what you find out is the, the the retellings of the stories have been a, a perpetual feature of our histories, even the like professional ones from the 19th and 20th centuries. So by the time Peter got to 1988, I, I can't remember if it was 88 or 89, but the book came out a few years before I met him, right? And he was he was, he was was learning to use Mosaic as a web browser at that point, which is the first of, one of the very first of the web browsers, right? While working on his, uh, the Holocaust in American Life book. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're out there on the edge of the epistemology of, the, the past right it's like if we can't and i could maybe we should do an episode on that of sort of the actual technique of, of history but the, the the sort of difference between the official narrative is false and you know that they're they're lying to you and the problem of telling the story accurately you know i'm not sure which is you know by the by the time i'm finished it's like is this a historical problem or is this a problem of you know, we're going to our, the, the next, the next theory is like it, conspiracy theory itself is a conspiracy theory in the, in the sense of that the term was invented by the Warren commission to, to, to make us not think that we had knowledge about, um, the, what happened with, um, John F. Kennedy's assassination. Um, he was definitely assassinated. I think we're clear on that by whom, mm -hmm. right. And this is entrepreneur bill. Do you know who that is? Or did you just find this as a? Uh, I think I just found okay. it. So no, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Per the Warren Commission, the CIA forced the phrase conspiracy theory into the public consciousness in the wake of their, assass their assassination of Kennedy. So the CIA sets up this destabilizing claim to make sure that nobody investigates properly the causes of, of the assassination. Therefore, use of this mm. term is a psyop. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a mind bender, isn't it? <laughs> so there's the, the the sort of service level problem of yes, probably whatever counts as the official version, whether told by the government, whether taught to you in the government schools, whether taught to you by previous historians, whether you know told to you by your parents. At one level or another, that quote official version in your head, you're going to find out has layers and onion oniony mm. shrucky ogrely layers right it's, it's like whatever version you start with you will if you actually dig into it start learning that there was more to it than you thought and at that point then do you you know it's like going back to our our, our original young people carrying signs do you feel then that you've just been tricked and deceived there was there was a series of books from the i think of the aughts right lies my teacher lies your teacher taught you you know or even Howard Zinn with the, you know the, the the people's history of the United States and always oh well now we have the true history and that previous history that you were taught that one's the big lie and if you find that happening when you're studying history 
um, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you're going to find out that, that, in fact, that original story that you had is probably in need of revision. And again. Mm. And as you get older, it will be revised again. And that doesn't necessarily mean that people were out to deceive you. Although, you know, it could be, right? But the, the whole sort of don't look in the, don't look, the CIA version of the don't look at the assassination, don't try to look for the facts mm-hmm. as a, if you find out something that doesn't match what you were told the first time, you're just making up things. Mm. Well, it's a, uh, it's, uh, it, it's just a way of uh, instantly killing any curio- curiosity about any event that's ever happened, right? Uh, and then eliminating the possibility of, of understanding it uh, even better than you already do, even if the official version is true. It's sort of the 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 urge to to dig around and have a look at the the events that have happened before. It would make it would make sense. So it's a strange thing that there's this term that crops up to call people that are interested in historical study and to revise their understanding of a historical narrative as a as a kind of eccentric. You know, mm-hmm. to, to think that this is an eccentric behavior and something that's socially negative because a conspiracy theorist can't be a positive thing. No one ever uses it in a positive term. Like, oh, that, that guy's such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> it's never used as a, uh, as a compliment. So the same, the same thing happened to the term revisionist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the revisionist historians uh, problem when people are called revisionist historians. Right. Right. Oh, how did you mean mm. revisionists are in fact revising the previous version of the story? And oh, that's evil. Michael Hoffman does some nice essays on this and saying is like yes. revising history is what historians do um, because we. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a certain extent, there's a well, there's a sort of catchphrase or trope about you know everything. It, it's not history until it's like fifty years out. Uh, after that, I mean, before that, it's all journalism. Which, which mm. is like journalists are definitely interested in a particular perspective as they're reporting. So you think I, there's a meme that we didn't get, but that that's fine. There's loads of memes uh, where um, you know you think you think uh, uh, the news is fake. What do you think about history? <laughs> it's mm. like because if we depend on things like newspapers or other historians or I mean even archival accounts that are apparently like government records what are you going to trust as that's mm-hmm. why when you were saying the facts like the facts depend on trusting the evidence that we have deciding whether or not the evidence is trustworthy is a whole field of you know our, our practice as historians and then you know finding mm-hmm. out later that either there's more evidence that you didn't have or that yes the the version of things that was being told at the time people were alive was because people were, you know, factionalized at the time and to stand back and say, well, exactly what happened. It's what we should be doing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) If, 
if people want a good standard of journalism, you want you want that same approach into current affairs in the first place. So you're just extending the same approach into the study of historical events. I mean, to be like a, a, a very good revisionist, a very good historian, it's kind of like being a good uh, journalist of the past, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that we're relying on this journalism until the 50-year break when it becomes history. I but, can't remember who said that, but it, it, it's, a, it's a sort of, yeah, it's like once it becomes old it's and, a, it's old a good and venerable, it's, it's, you know, you can know it truly. But the thing is, even then, mm. you're still relying on the stuff that was written at the time. So are you better able to get a clear perspective on mm. either what actually happened, why people did what they did, who was responsible? I mean, the claim in the, the, that the CIA created this term um, to prevent people looking into what had happened, saying the conspiracy theories tend to be, all the ones we have are recent, <laughs> um, situations in which power is still involved. Like nobody care, I mean, nobody cares mm -hmm. about revising yet again the history of the Thirty Years' War, for example. Um, you know, unless, unless there's a, you know, a political claim that you want to make in terms of territory in Germany, I guess, which could become mm -hmm. topical. And then it becomes, you know, it's like the, the conspiracy theory label attaches to study of events that clearly current actors feel they need to have control of the perception of. Mm -hmm. That we get to, who's this guy who's pointing at the screen and it's all in all the memes? What is that from? Oh, <laughs> That's from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so pray tell, I don't know that movie. Who and who's the actor? Why don't I recognize him? It's a Quentin. It's a Quentin. It's a Quentin Tarantino okay. film, and it's Rick Dalton. I think that's how it's pronounced. And in the film, the character is this old uh, actor. I, he he's having trouble getting parts. Um, and his best friend is a stuntman. Okay. And they're sitting there watching something, so he makes the gesture and clicks. The interesting thing about the film that it comes from relating to conspiracy theories is it's about the events leading up to uh, the Manson family massacre mm. of Sharon Tate. So uh, without the, the massacre being uh, depicted, so the whole film is watching these fictional characters but with the representation of Sharon Tate and... Uh, attention around all of it and what's going on in Hollywood. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. That meme has emerged out of the <laughs> That wasn't what I thought. I thought man. I thought it was he's going, ooh, 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 that's what really happened. But Oh, he's he's noticing something. Yeah, that he's noticing. So he's noticing something he's noticing something and clicking his fingers. And that's why it's become the meme for noticing things and, and uh spotting details and things. Right. <laughs> because it's yeah. It's perfect. So, yeah, he's our he's our noticer for the for the introduction of the conspiracy theories. Um, you're doing a, a Rick Dalton whenever you're looking and so you start you see seeing details. There's something that just catches your attention, and you're going, "That's a detail that doesn't make sense to me." Yeah, or that's yeah. a detail that puts these other things that I've heard into perspective, and thus are born conspiracy theories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times like uh it's uh, uh especially with the 
what people were were discussing in the last few years it's looking at the like a symbology mm-hmm. and the the use of symbols which sort of trips people up a lot of the time because uh there's the the arguments over whether or not the symbol is inherently evil or if it's the way that the symbol is used and interpreted and all sorts of things. So people get into endless arguments about whether or not somebody having a triangle on their T-shirt in a music video means that it's uh, been choreographed by Illuminati Illuminati backup dancers or if it's just a triangle, right. you know. So it it becomes very complicated <laughs> if you're um, – if you're clicking and pointing at every single thing, uh, yeah, get it gets very, very, uh, very messy to have a look at uh, all of the details that you think are going to lead to a, 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 re- a revised narrative. Sometimes it just ends up uh, complete mush. Well, that's that's but, that's uh, the problem with the. Yeah. So you might, might be, he's pointing to the truth. There's something there, right? But then you turn into. The guy from and I don't know I I see all these memes and I don't want movies. The guy with all of the the board and all the the red lines. Oh yeah, you know what that one's from. Have you seen that show? You haven't seen it. I don't know whether I've seen it. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, so okay. he's finding all of these things and and this is in in Tree yeah. of Woes um, post. He, he points it out. This is apophenia, the the finding connections where you know other people don't see them. And so you know, you say first you notice, and then you start going, and this is connected to that, and then this is connected to that, and by the end of it, you you know, we have it, you know, juxtaposed the guy sitting on the moon, and all everything is in this this vast <laughs> network, so that even when you're watching Friends, there's flying pyramids in the background, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then you can't stop seeing them. You see all of the connections everywhere, which is, of course, it could, it could make you apophenic, I suppose. It could make you a conspiracy theorist, or it could just make you a poet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you bloody detail and orientated after a few thousand stanzas. <laughs> because the symbolism stacks right and there you are in stanza what do we write today 77 oh that's probably Mm -hmm. significant (laughs) he'll come back later i saw something that was connected to this five minutes ago yeah (laughs) you can't even watch friends without seeing an illuminati pyramid (laughs) um which i did so I, i screenshot it because it was just too funny. Look, look, and me watching, is... everyone else watching for me going, oh, oh, pointing guy, oh, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. So, the, exactly. I mean, this being the danger, and we're saying um, that, I mean, the joke about this is, you know, when we are writing our poems, this is always what our writing room is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only the rhyme and the meter, mm. but all of the, you know, the word choice and then the references and the, the and, you know, can this this you know animal mean that character and so is this and this you know this always being the caution is this our our desire for significant causation right knowing that certain human beings mm-hmm. do things and i do i do like vox vox's um point that if you study history of course you have to believe in conspiracy theories because you have to believe people do in- things intentionally together 
which is literally mm. you know the the breathing yes. together if a group of people does something for a purpose right and you give that as a cause of things happening in history you're just telling the story and then in our mythology and symbolism and poetry we're saying yes and the world is meaningful as a creature of our creator and things point to the creator. They point to activities of other people. They are traces left by human behaviors and, and actions. So shouldn't we put, try to put them together into meaningful stories? I think so. I just had the image uh, pop up in my head of tea leaves because I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago about the tarot cards and, mm. and reading tarot decks. And then she said, Oh no, you can read anything though. You can read tea leaves. You can read coffee grounds. You can even read the, the, rem uh, the, the dregs on the bottom of a wine glass. You can read steam in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> so yeah, if, if, if you get into the, um, that headspace of, uh, reading everything, I think, it, it it could make you feel quite mad when we're doing it in the po poetry. It's, 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 it's a fun puzzle. There's always some surprise that pops out that we didn't notice before too. So it's kind of the, it's like playing hide and seek with, uh, with ourselves sometimes, isn't it? Uh, and hoping desperately that it, like we've set yeah. things up so that they can have a resolution that feels meaningful. <laughs> And, and that be, that yeah, be the problem yeah. of storytelling, that the great, the, it, the secret of storytelling is conflict and reincorporation. There you go. You got it. Um, that, that, you know, there, there's some, well, I was reading David Mamet for um, thinking about our screenplay, as it were, right? And so you, there's, the hero wants something, he's, he can't, he's, you know, has obstacles to get it and he has to get, overcome them. Okay, so fine. Um, but in, in sort of improv storytelling, one of the, the great secrets is if you've set something up, you can create the, the sense that it was always meant to be part of the story by simply reincorporating it later. Uh, you now have my entire teaching practice, which is, gee, I said that thing. I wonder why I said that. Oh, right. Now it means something. You bring it in and then, and, and, and the mind, you know, the human mind goes, oh, cool. Meaning significance right mm. it's reincorporated you brought it back in it all it all ties together there it is mm. it's a guy in sunny in philadelphia right it's all connecting <laughs> yes it, it it's all connecting uh unless you're a gen z meme which don't seem to connect but it's it's interesting thing actually thinking about that uh how reincorporation in the culture has sort of vanished a little bit uh, in that sense, mm -hmm. or it it's become more scattered. I don't know, like that board of things being connected seems more abstract in the way that uh, different generations look at data and information. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'd be interesting actually to think about <laughs> Which gen so maybe Gen X conspiracy theory. Gen, gen X, we still enjoy the, the 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 possibility of meaning and significance and reincorporation. Millennials are a little bit, you know, cynical about the whole thing. And Gen Z's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
Jeez. <laughs> but this is, I yeah. mean, culture depends on this constant reincorporation, right? The reference to such and such, allusion to previous storytelling, mm. and, that, and that is intensely satisfying. And you could say that's all apophenia. It's all finding connections where things don't exist. I mean, medieval etymologies mm. are like that, right? It's like if, if the word, and for goodness sake, a lot of the conspiracy theory etymologies that I hear on the internet are like that too. It's like, well, this word sounds like that, and therefore it proves. And you're like, no. <laughs> mm. Just because you can figure out a connection doesn't mean there's a proof of causation. Sometimes things are just accidents. Unless you believe God's directing everything, but the other... <laughs> mm. yeah, well, I mean, which is which kind of the be? problem of history, right? It's like E. Michael Jones likes talking about the the cunning of reason, like you know, God making good out of out of disaster, as when mm. Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery, and then he's promoted by Pharaoh, and then he saves his brothers from starving. And so that mm. thing that you intended for evil, the Lord has turned to good. Um, if you have a vision of history in which God is working in those terms, I wonder, I wonder whether you, I wonder what that effect, effect that has on your conspiracy theories. So we go, we go to our, our, mm. our favorite conspiracy theorist, which is of course the character whose name I don't remember. So we'll just call him Mel. <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Called conspiracy theory. The fictional Mel. The fictional. What was his character name? I don't remember. You'll have to look it up. I'll have to yeah. look it up. I've forgotten. I was I had not seen that. I did a I did a big Mel Gibson, like, you know, did a Johnny Depp. We did, we still haven't done a Mel Gibson stream. Um mm. and watching conspiracy theory was stunned to find that many of the conspiracy theories that are now current were in that movie, and it's from the nineties. Mm. he did well <laughs> there's something fishy going on and one of the fishy things i mean there's this yeah. whole thing about gravy bears watching this video of owen's owen's community should be a little like i was like is that where is that where it came from the idea of gravy because there's gravy throughout the visions that the male character is having of all of these things he's a taxi driver and he's always telling people oh this this and this and this is happening and of course it's all these government conspiracies and you find out that he has in fact been manipulated but not in quite the way he, wait how he's 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 like been in some kind of training military training program or something right yeah yeah and but but there's this cartoon of gravy over and over and over again and then i apophenically i hope that's the adjective or adverb um started trying to say maybe that's where owen got it <laughs> mm. If you watched it when it came, we found the, we gravy, found the train. gravy train. It's in this weird cartoon that's in the Mel Gibson movie. And by the way, birds aren't real, right? It's heartbreaking. That's the most heartbreaking conspiracy theory that's come out. Uh, but that one's a satirical one. Find it, find it stressful. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's it's very stressful. Um, but this this was funny because that was a satirical one. It was a fake one purposefully put out to see how fast it would catch on right uh and then it went viral the fake conspiracy went viral and ended up on billboards and things so uh <laughs> it's a 
it was it's kind of an interesting study too and like how we look at um when people are revising historical narratives and what happens when their versions of the 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 events like their interpretation of the story suddenly goes viral <laughs> right. and something that could be a joke ends up becoming uh adopted by everybody as uh as an event so uh the official narrative it's kind of it is it is it mel gibson gravy you know based in actual events or is it somebody doing satire making a joke and accidentally memeing everybody into thinking something happened sometimes it could be both i mean who knows how do we tell (laughs) so we are we ready to test ourselves on on a few actual discussions See, yeah, see, let's like play the, conspiracy the, bingo. Conspiracy bingo. Okay. Actually, I should keep us. I could, I have. I have them written down. There's. So we've we've got okay. seven of them that we can work through, and the, those of you watching at home can play bingo too. Um, to see the degree of <clears throat> the degree of sense that you have of, I think whether this is a conspiracy theory anymore, whether it's simply established truth, your sense about how persuasively people have made the case we're not kind of prove any of these because you guys you do that um uh but the the the, i'm curious to find out where i am now after some years on the internet knowing that many of these were out there when mel gibson made that movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. before 9-11 okay so our first one 9-11 um we have never forget the which we're always told, right? Never forget that the two towers fell down. I can never forget because in fact, the day that happened, I was finishing the acknowledgements for my first book. Like, I kid you not, that very day, that morning, I'm sitting in my office, typing up my acknowledgements, weeping because I'm feeling so thankful. And my husband, you know, calls me and says, I'm I'm not sure I should tell you this. (laughs) Uh, Look at the screen, right? Look at the news. So... You know, and 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 remembering that day, as you know, like seeing the towers fall, and how many people, how many people worked there? Oh my gosh, tens of thousands of people potentially just died. Yep. Uh, yep. And the two towers that everyone's not, and then of course, I don't think I even heard about Building Seven until recently. I'm embarrassed to say. So we so effectively oh. forget that there was a, yes. a third building that fell down. Um, and then, you know, the sort of arguments, the degree to which who was responsible. I remember at the time feeling like it was strange that suddenly Osama bin Laden was out there as the character that, you know, was instantly told to be responsible. And I know I was Mm -hmm. skeptical in the next year and a half when suddenly we're at war with Iraq. Right. Because I did remember, I did remember 1991 and that war. So maybe I had a little bit of friction on me to say, wait a minute, why, why are these things going together Mm. so yeah it was a a long jump between uh new york and iraq yeah even at the Uh, time it happened very quickly odd Mm. but i do remember how effectively afraid we all were Mm. yeah i remember i remember hearing about it uh (laughs) Somebody ran up to me and said, <laughs> America is under attack and it's the end of the world. <laughs> and that was how I found out. Um, 
because the news was blasting images of the um, of the buildings for uh, hours and hours and hours afterwards. And then, um, of course, the Pentagon and, and the other locations where things were happening, but all the attention was concentrated on the Twin Towers. Um, so, yeah, it was a kind of defining event, I think, for uh, for everybody, even though we're not in America. Uh, things changed very quickly and suddenly Australia was yet again going to an overseas conflict that we had nothing to do with, uh, but we were there. So I did protest that. I do remember that. I ended up in an anti-Iraq war protest with a bullhorn screaming about it on the back of a How truck. How precocious you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, remember, I, I, I remember supporting moveon.org when it was in fact protesting the iraq war but i don't remember mm. i did i i didn't i you know i think i was a little suspicious about i was suspicious about the connections between the twin towers afghanistan and iraq because that didn't seem to be it's like they're from saudi arabia what does this have to do with anything um but yeah i don't i i i don't remember ever thinking there was an inside job or that it was a purposeful false flag or um set up which i think i do believe now mm. um mm. so i mean like what was it like as an american because i mean my exposure to this narrative and to this event has been all at a distance and filtered through internet which is i mean that's a completely different way of kind of approaching right. it but as an american you're getting the mainstream media version of events as it's happening and you're right there because it's happening in your country so did you notice that suddenly you like the mood changes between talking about saudi arabians and then suddenly the obsession over iraq like what did was there um, so I, I remember. I'm trying to understand that. I, I was that, in like... graduate school in New York City, right? So, and my book that I was finishing was going to go to press at Columbia. So I was about to send it to New York City. So I was, you know, it mm -hmm. felt very. It did feel very immediate and personal. I, you know, my my mm -hmm. my primary response that day was how many thousands of people must have died. So it was yes. actually moderately a relief to find out not as many as we were feared had been caught, caught yeah. in the buildings as they fell down. Um, it was, I, you know, it, 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 if it was, if it was in fact a, a psyop of the sort of, it was set up to create this sort of response in the, in the, in the nation, it worked, right? Mm -hmm. It was sort of the, the, yeah. that we felt proud of ourselves for the emergency responders and, you know, we, you know, mm -hmm. felt, um, there was, a, I, disasters create a kind of giddiness. And, and everybody who's ever, you know, seen a car accident on the freeway and looked, you know, you're, you're in that moment of a, a sudden, um, rupture of the ordinary. So mm. certainly, you know, the, the next day I remember actually feeling happy that I'd been writing a book about, you know, love and devotion and, and prayer and things like that, because that was positive and life affirming as opposed to those terrible people that just you know, killed all those innocents mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the explosions. Um, 
so whatever happened they the the you know the the move to taking us to war worked because the fear and the the feeling of needing to bond together was activated mm. It's, mm. it definitely worked uh so it's like looking at a very, uh, not, not to undermine the events, but it's in terms of the effect, it's like having the entire world looking at a car accident. It's one car accident. But in, yeah. in the case of, it, of the United States, it was, yeah. And giving us something to do, right? I think, I mean, people mm. like emergencies because they give, they give you feel, make you feel purposeful. Mm. And, and, and in fact, I mean, the thing is, I think, you know, most Americans under stress like that will help each other. We, we do do that fairly well um, in, in, in emergency situations. So that feeling of drawing together as a community was, it was very effectively triggered. I mean, it, it, it makes, it mm -hmm. makes it even worse to think if, if it was in fact a, an inside job, um, how cynical that was to, to mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, American, you know, people are, I mean, this is, I don't know whether people are good or bad. Right. But the feeling of, you if you if you want your population to go do something horrific like war you need to trigger all of these protective communal um responses so yeah i i mean by now i, I we saw the propaganda we've talked about this the propaganda that the united states used to get the population to go into world war one definitely you know also world war two it's like that that's what the more i studied the more yes. i thought about it it's like well yeah if they if the government, the powers that be wanted us in a war, they weren't going to get us to do it without some kind of overriding reason. Mm. And I think yeah. that's why I've, I've sort of, one of the reasons I've flipped on over into, yeah, probably it was set up because that's what governments have done. I mean, we, you know, from the middle ages, when they make pretexts of, you know, so-and-so has attacked our city. Oh, we have to go, you know, Hundred Years' War with France, and like, what just happened? <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. certainly a known thing in in military history to to activate the population in those in that way. So they're not just yeah no that makes sense because they're not just giving the military orders and and everybody is a drone and says yes okay we'll run off and fight right. for a hundred years. <laughs> right. They, they, there needs to be some emotional surge to spur everybody on to follow orders in that way. It can't just be because they're orders. They have to have a reason. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's every battle, battle yeah. oration in, in, in the historical record does, you know, that it's it, that kind of rousing the troops to fight because they won't do it if you don't. I mean, Mel Gibson does this in some of his other movies, right? Braveheart or something like that. You need a cause. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. Because you assume, like I, I assume soldiers being so rational, but uh, that describes warfare in an entirely uh, irrational light. That's like it's there's pathos there that is uh, pushing people into war. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's not something that you think about when you think about high tech high-tech militaries you know professional standing armies and things like that but really it's a uh, it's interesting this enormous amount of energy that gets generated and redirected to get people to move and uh and carry out a warfare yeah
No, I mean, the thing is, the, the, the veterans in our country, in my country, are honorable people. And, and, mm. and it, you know, they serve because they serve. They see themselves as serving yes. the good of the nation. And therefore, to get, you know, the, the sort of the horribly cynical version of, of what happens with 9-11 is, okay, so how are we going to get ourselves into, get the United States to go to war with Iraq again in order to affect this particular transfer of government in order to, and then mm. you, start, you start filling in the blanks of the kinds of things we've been looking at, mining, <laughs> spices, yes. right? you know, the, yes. the sort of um, people who have financial interests in making more gold, right? So that's the distraction gold heist mm. meme. Yeah. Um, to yep. get the actual soldiers to fight, you need to give them something m more um, humanly grounded than greed, necessarily. Mm. Although maybe you could say, you know, the Spanish, you know, just sack the, the new world for gold. No, it was God, gold, and glory. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, it, 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 in that order, <laughs> the nine eleven in this sense needs to be put in the context of other atrocities that governments have engineered in order to affect, mm. you know, the aristocracy's purpose. I think so. This one leaves us to the next one, which is the moon landing. Mm. Yes, no. Yes conspiracy i mean it's like is the what's we how are we voting on these so um didn't it was 9-11 an inside job yeah two yeses <laughs> right. i vote Green yes landing did it happen oh chat you okay can vote. so <laughs> the chat needs to vote. The chat needs to vote. I think the chat needs to vote. So guys, vote. So did 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 was nine eleven inside job? Yes or no? We'll wait for them to vote. Um, moon landing? Did we go? We have Mel saying no, so that's one no. <laughs> yes, no. Moon landing. So Mel, no. That's one. I'll wait for the rest of them. What do you think? Did we? Did did the United States? Well, anybody. Um, was, was there a moon landing? No. Nah. <laughs> she, she says no. You know, this this is another this. So I get why we had to claim to have gone to the moon because it was another of these nation rousing exercises. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the Cold War context and things like that. And you know, I was four. In 1969, my dad was so proud of the fact that we'd gone to the moon, right? And that he had to spank me because I yeah. was, or something. I I was interrupting the tele the television because I didn't know what was going on. But the <laughs> and we had to go to friend's house because we didn't have a television. So we had, my dad had to take me and my two siblings. My brother was born by then, so we all the kids go and we're and we're not really watching. We're playing outside, and he and the other grown ups are watching the landing. Mm. and you know as i grew up growing up in the 70s i was like this was the greatest thing we'd ever done this was the positive thing the united yeah. states had done like how cool is that we you know went yeah. into space you're watching this, the greatest feat of engineering that human beings ever did theoretically right. on television that's insane <laughs> that is a lot of 
attention that energy of that kind of attention yeah that's a uh, it's 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 interesting and it's relatable why everybody would want to believe that it happens mm -hmm. because it's beautiful to think about wow we sent rockets into space we put men on the moon uh you can't get better than that in terms of bragging rights yeah and it seems i mean really it seemed fairly neutral as bragging rights right it wasn't like we, we yeah, blew yeah. up japan <laughs> It, it was, it yes. was, we, we used that technology <clears throat> of, of rockets to go look at something. Yeah, they went on a little <laughs> holiday. <laughs> they went on a, ho a holiday to go bounce, <laughs> bounce around in, in, in cool spacesuits and wear big space boots. I mean, it is, it's actually like the coolest, most neutral powerful achievement you could have just literally it's like climbing the tallest mountain the only the better. and 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 yeah, you know, turning yeah. all of that military expertise of the pilots I mean, the, the right stuff and michael collins books are, are interesting about that it's like they were trained as fighter pilots huh. and the, mm -hmm. you know, the astronauts and you know you're sending them with all of their skills and it's highly skilled i mean that's like the sad thing is if if in fact it wasn't that and like we have way better tech now and we can't get back huh right um, mm -hmm. but that it, it just seems like a celebration of craft and skill and daring and adventure. And it wasn't blowing anybody else up. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is the appeal of the, the claim. Right. So if you take that away, what does that mean? Well, it means we've never done anything nice. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was unfortunately, <laughs> as Bishop was saying, agree, the moon landing is a powerful enchantment. It really is. It's the moon. Yeah. It's a, and, yeah. and um, you know, everything else that the United States has done has, has complications in its story. I mean, certainly, oh, our manifest destiny mm. conquest of the continent, which included killing all the buffalo so the Indians would starve. You know, you, mm. you just end up with nothing, right? All and, and the moon landing was at least it's simply an event that took skill and daring. And yeah, mm -hmm. and and I mean there's there's a lot of okay, so our our flat earth one is 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 tied into this, right? Because I think it, it also the sense of um that it was pure knowledge, the moon landing potentially, and you know affirmation that we got it right about the system of the world mm -hmm. and and what you know what structures of reality we inhabit and i mean this so i the flat earth one i think goes along with the moon landing because it's like did we get it right could we do this is it the technological marvel that we want it to be maybe i mean flat earth since it's just like not only they've been lying about whether or not we could get outside the radiation of the van Allen the Van Allen radiation belts, which is the thing that tends to worry me mm -hmm. <laughs> on the moon landing story. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so maybe we can be orbiting a sphere all the time, but can we actually break free, get there, bounce around, come back? Wait, this is starting to sound less plausible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mel is like, yeah. Mel is saying, um, 
we destroyed all that technology. That's why we haven't gone back. Yes. <laughs> okay, Mel. Yeah, Mel is, the high tech of aluminum foils on the, on the flat Earth. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying the high tech of aluminum spacecraft will never be <laughs> never be reproduced. So my brother tells the, the me the little flimsy. I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, <laughs> my brother, who was like a baby when the moon landing happened, tells me that when we went to the National Air and Space Museum back there in 1976, so it was like newly opened in in in, in New York in New York in in DC. Mm -hmm. He looked at that lander and said, "No way!" Right, and he was like. Yeah what seven <laughs> <laughs> it's like no way i it's mean would you set. personally yeah like would you personally crawl inside that and let somebody launch you to um mongolia like <laughs> but they were they were brave guys right come on brave men it, 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 I mean, the moon landing story is nice because it's brave men, although they don't get to do anything, right? That's what Wright stuff was about, how yeah. these guys are pilots and, you know, they're basically strapped into a tin can and shot into the air. They can't steer. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> the best they got to do was bounce around, right? So on the one hand, it's, 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 you know, affirming of their courage and on the other hand, demeaning of their actual navigational skills. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah they end up being uh toy soldiers strapped to firecrackers and yeah. <laughs> very large fireworks sent off into the middle of nowhere i uh, but i mean if you've ever been on a light plane before over open water you feel how terrifying it is i mean and it's a plane <laughs> And you're over the sea. There's something that can potentially catch you, even though it's probably not going to catch you and keep you alive. But, you know, there is a surface there. I don't think Brave would cut it to describe the psychology <laughs> of someone insane enough to get inside the moon thing, that whatever they've called it. I, I, am, I am concerned say, about Yeah, I'm going to let you send me up there in that thing and then bring me home again. Yeah. I mean, are there... I, so I am interested in the stories about saying how disappointed the men seem when they come back. Like, how mm. horrible to have, if it's fake, to have this story about your bravery, like, having to be paraded in front of you your whole life, mm. knowing that, in fact, you participated in a deception. Mm. Yeah. A very highly coordinated one. Right. And then the implications of having to maintain that story too. <laughs> what happens if you can't maintain the story? If it isn't true, that would be a very stressful time. I mean, the meat. So I'm talking about the yeah. television that my, you know, we didn't have a television. We had to go somewhere. It was like a little bitty television that there's less. I mean, it, it's hard to believe now with all this digital access and reproducibility and collect all the images and stuff. We didn't have that in the mm -hmm. 70s. Um, so, you know, the official story, I, I did a paper, Enchanted by Star Wars, I did a paper on manned space exploration in, mm -hmm. well, mid-1977, 1978. And in order to get information about it, we were supposed to, for the project, write off for sources. 
Well, the only person, you know, the only place I could write to was NASA. So <laughs> I had to, I had to write mm-hmm. to several different of their, you know, centers. And they sent me lots of, you know, informational pamphlets and pictures and this, told me about the space shuttle and, you know, it hadn't launched yet, this, the shuttle. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a tighter information world in the seventies than it is mm-hmm. now. So the men, I mean, the, the you know, the, the astronauts wouldn't have need to be on television that much, actually. True. But everyone would be asking them all the time. I mean, you'd have to stay home a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, there it, it's sort of like a level of I don't know. It covers a lot, right? They just like and, and you're known to be the one who went, and then and people come up to you and say, "Oh, can you what? Can you tell me about it?" And and you say what you've always said. You can't, you know, you can't push them because they can't tell you. I mean, that mm. goes that goes with some of our okay. So we've got the flat Earth. Vote on the flat Earth now. Mel says she votes with John Chrysostom Tabernacle Earth. Um, the drawing of the mm. Tabernacle Earth is actually from Cosmos into Kaplustes, and I did a whole blog post on the myth of the flat Earth where I talk through the. It's it's an interesting sort of exercise of saying are we on a a, a flat thing or in this. Um, I, I do like the NASA problem of like if if <laughs> can't we get a picture of the Earth. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure that damages the, the globe Earth story so much as it does the moon landing story. But anyway, um, mm. the the tabernacle Earth is, of course, Cosmos into Kaplustes in the the Justinianic period in the in the early Middle Ages. So in, he's in Byzantium and Greek, writing in Greek, saying those science those philosophers scientists they've got it all wrong. You know, they think that we're on a globe, but ah, ha, 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 I can prove that we're actually in a tabernacle because that's what the Bible says. <laughs> that, the, you know, the ancient philosophers were the ones who were convinced we were on a sphere. Um, Cosmos is pro- practically mm-hmm. the only one in the Christian tradition that said, no, 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 it, maybe Chrysostom did, that it, it's got to be accurately this depiction of the tabernacle um, because that's the way... Moses has shown the pattern of how to make the image of heaven and earth in the, in the tabernacle. Um, I don't know. So where are you on the flat earth choice? Uh, I don't know. Cause I can't prove it either way. And this is what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't made a decision on it, which is, I, I want to keep the fun of not really having it, <laughs> having yeah. a, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's cool. Uh, if it is completely flat or dish-shaped and the sphere globe Earth is a total lie, I mean, that's just kind of hilarious. It's not the kind of thing that's going to make you angry. I don't know why people would be angry about it, but that's probably just because I'm wacky. <laughs> and I, and it's it, it would be kind of fun. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not, I'm undecided. I refuse to make a decision about flat earth. <laughs> yes. Okay. So <laughs> what the, about the you? Problem, the problem with conspiracy theories is being forced to choose, you know, which one, which yeah, one yeah. is, is the accurate. Um, I, I, so I, I think flat is unlikely. Um, I, I, I recognize that, you know, and there, there's an, uh, there's a middle option, which is the earth is the middle of everything, which was the medieval view. 
Um, I, you mm. know, it's because I spend enough time thinking in the medieval terms, I can go with that one fairly happily. And it's Dante, right? He has, you know, hell at the center, which is sort of intriguing. Um, I like that. Okay. One, it doesn't make any difference. Fundamentally, it seems like all, yeah. all of the things that we are doing now, except for going to the moon, um, but like we have satellites that apparently transmit information, you know, that, that we seem to be able to fly around in the planes as, as we like. Um, you know, the one thing that a, a true flat earth story would make difficult is going to Mars or, or something like that, because it means we've got the model of mm -hmm. the, 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 not the geography, but we've got the model of space wrong. So the travel system, the, the mm. travel is mis, mis, um, imagined that the effort to prove one way or the other is actually the most, like one of the more exciting scientific exercises because most science up until post world war two was amateur. Right. Thanks mm. to we haven't, we didn't world war two and the, you know, the success of the government project of making that bomb to drop on Japan um, science became something in the United States that was obviously militarily quite desirable and therefore government funded. And therefore this thing that you mm -hmm. have, you know, the, the, the massive peer review system, the massive funding structures, the, the sort of over like overweight version of science in the kind of COVID era, there's like trust the science, right? That's trust the government. Yeah. Right. And the and the, the the guys who are trying to, you know, prove the earth is flat or something, they're doing like basic science. They're doing the kind of science that guys did in the 19th century where they, you know, fig try to figure out how to set up an experimental system and go for it. So I, I think like mm. in the spirit of the exercise, I, I'm delighted. I think it's an interesting it's a, yeah. it's a good thing to be, you know, testing because why not? It, it's it's. <laughs> And you find, I mean, it's got an age of age of discovery feeling yeah. about it. The possibility that there might be other parts that we haven't completely explored yet is an interesting part of the the flat Earth model right. too. You know, you you climb over the wall, the the wall that is Antarctica, and find another realm. Like there's something so romantic and amazing about it <laughs> that we're not stuck in a fixed uh, geography. It's been completely explored, and uh, yeah. there's no mystery anymore. It, it allows yeah, for it allows very... for the whimsy and mystery. Um, yeah, and and I say, I mean, the reason it, it feels like a conspiracy theory, I realize talking about it, is the claim that the government science is mm. um, lying to us, right? So the NASA stuff, right? It's, mm. it's, it's against NASA. It's against the the government story about what we've spent all that money on. Mm. Yeah, so then we're hitting into historical narratives that have been created by very complicated, but powerful bureaucracies, really, because right. uh, that's what a military is. And uh, that's an interesting thing to think about, too. I mean, it's a thinking about it fresh and having no no understanding of it if somebody walked up to to me and said uh you know there's no 
There's no moon landing and the earth is flat. That eliminates basically all science curriculum that has been delivered to us in the West since the 60s. Oh, yeah. So that, that gets us to why yeah. the JFK thing is so important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, uh, okay, so your education system was completely wrong. Straight away, that's the first mm -hmm. thing. Then why did they do it? And where did all the money go for all of these really expensive programs? Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I mean, and that's what the, it, mm -hmm. the Mel Gibson movie is about. It, I mean, it, unfortunately, it's not quite the way it resolves, whatever he's got, the why he's so crazy. But the mm. feeling, you know, the, the powers the, in the immediate problem of these t kinds of conspiracies is just straight up, where's all the money going? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, yep. it's so much of the money. I mean, it, it goes into the military. It's like 9-11 is obviously it's like, oh, so that we can go blow more things up. Um, mm hmm the you know jfk why should there be a conspiracy theory around who assassinated him well obviously i mean assassinations are pretty straightforwardly somebody wants something that he can't get nicely mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's gonna yeah. kill the president yeah. to <laughs> you know and then and then that you know it's like there's there's layers of it of why exactly they needed to do it in the terms that they did mm. Um, our, our Michael Hoffman has written about that too. It's like not just the revisionist theory, but the sort of at the level of why the the assassination happened, when it, where it did, in mystical and geographical terms. But the the psychological power is similar to what happened in nine eleven, which was, and I wasn't born yet, so I don't know, I can't tell you that story. But the the feeling mm -hmm. that everybody was alive at the time and that the president was shot on television mm. was it mm. on television certainly filmed yeah right? yeah it was being filmed it was being filmed but was it broadcast but... when he was killed I mean, that the 9 the 9 11 happened on television right the, the second plane hit while everybody mm. is watching these yeah. are you know or like obviously there's now a theme the 9 11 happens everybody's watching the moon landing happens so that people can watch um yeah the, the you know the, the the earth theory is about the money and the science that goes into the moon landing and then jfk being killed i mean the immediate re, you know result is johnson is able to carry on taking us further into vietnam and mm. then i know there's there's other layers of what kennedy was in in the way of um well dealing with cuba and there was some, there's something else that i heard recently of there's various candidates for why Kennedy was making things difficult. And so, mm. you know, the cabal who, whoever, a lot of people had motives, a lot of people had motives because yeah. he was, he was, um, I mean, he's, he's also the one that's responsible for the great speech saying, we will go to the moon. And he gave it on rice campus, which is where my parents have been in college. And he gave it the next year after they just graduated from college. I think this may be why my dad was so invested in this that makes sense yeah yeah uh the high well it's the highest form of patriotism for that generation then. yes and it's tied into all of these other public traumas so 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. The 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 Kennedy thing was always coming up in X Files yeah. and and like other television, like when I was growing up, because this is this is before our time, right? But it it pops in and out of pop culture uh, as as a reference, so it was still floating through the consciousness of my generation, and I think for kids that are raised on The Simpsons, they're kind of mm. uh, comfortable with uh, acknowledging that this is, was a conspiracy right. but it's it's a, a comfort that it was a conspiracy without any tension over finding out who did it nobody really cared we just knew that something had happened and and that was it um which is interesting to think about too mm-hmm. that the looking at uh footage of an American president being assassinated becomes not really a big deal for, for an entire generation. And what effect that has on a, on them psychologically. Completely different to what happened with your father to look at that and think, wow, the, the president of the most powerful nation on the planet gets assassinated publicly. But for our generation, it's, it doesn't carry the same weight. And I think that's what I find really fascinating about it. And Hoffman wrote about this in his work when he was talking about the the ritual aspects of the the event right. and how psychologically the tension over uh, you know the the trauma of the event sort of uh, puts the the population in a psychological state. Uh, our generation didn't have that psychological state to, to wrestle with. So well, what he says is therefore they have to have, you know, like nine eleven is therefore in effect a reactivation because you have to have mm. a new trauma because the old one doesn't hold the old one doesn't um, yeah it, it, you have to repeat them because people that weren't alive at the time are not affected by them and and mm. my father didn't actually like JFK that like the first ever research paper I did was in third grade and. We had to pick a president to write about. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll write about Kennedy. And he's like, oh, hair, he's horrible. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's supposed to be handsome. What are you talking about? He's in third grade. What would I know? And um, so I think the, you know, the, obviously the things that these conspiracies develop around are things that have high emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, yep. and the level of conspiracy is the degree to which was this high emotion event engineered to create that emotion Mm. like was it done on purpose Mm. by the powers that be in order to affect the population in the way that it clearly i mean we all wonder about that about covid day (laughs) yeah Oh, do we wonder? Is there even any question? <laughs> we didn't include COVID event... in our sample, right? But we've got a potential no. one now of the UFOs, right? And and this is mm-hmm. um, what what Tree of Woe said about that. It's saying, um, for many years, being considered a conspiracy theorist was quite disreputable. And even after Watergate, most Americans rejected the label. I was alive for Watergate. I remember that. Um, indeed, until the early 1990s, very few respectable Americans would admit to such beliefs. That attitude changed due to the impact of two pop culture events, the 1991 release of Oliver Stone's film, JFK, 
which I only watched mm -hmm. like last year or so. So <laughs> I'm backwards. Um, I could see why, right? Suddenly everyone's going, wait a minute. Um, and the 1993 premiere of the X-Files. These dramas combined with yep. the rise of internet culture made conspiracy theorizing an amusing avocation for millions of Americans and a serious hobby for a small but growing handful. Um, certainly I can trace my own interest in conspiracy theories to that era. And then he quotes the Chicago study so that by 2014, 50% believe in some version of some of these. Um, it's interesting to me the UFOs one is, is topical right now, that people are talking about it at mm. the moment. I, I, this one is the one I say it's flat out nonsense. Get a grip. <laughs> you don't believe in the aliens <laughs> in the slightest, even though apparently three of woe does. And I'm not sure. Some of my other friends whom I think are smart seem to believe in them. I think it's nonsense. It's so refreshing to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a privilege. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to shatter in the few next few years that we can finally land on solid ground on some yes. kind of narrative. So, no, Tucker Carlson had that guy on his on, on his show recently who's going around saying, yes, the government's all covering it up. And I listened to this thing and I'm like, this is the silliest thing I've ever heard. And Tucker was taking him seriously. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm listening to this. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I checked out with the aliens one. <laughs> are, we, are we both not aliens? No aliens? This is, this is ridiculous? No, I'm I'm, I'm anti-alien. Anti oh, good. I'm uh, glad we found one that we don't uh, accept. Unless, unless you're getting pedantic, which I will, because, you know, we're poets, so, like, deal with it. <laughs> uh, hey, somebody just, li 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 libel lol, gave it just gave us a super chat. Um, a late Merry Christmas gift. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, no, we're poets, so we can get pedantic. So if you if you if you use the term alien as a foreigner. We're, no, yeah, they I mean the ones flying aliens. around. <laughs> Extraterrestrial <laughs> biologics in technology that we cannot wit of. What of? Mel says trust Why no do one. they keep going to the same place? <laughs> it's always America. They're never visiting random like villages in the middle of um, Patagonia or something. Well, they are, but then the American government swoops in and takes control of the <laughs> the evidence. <laughs> I mean, so just you know, just... one, these aliens are really dumb. If they're only contact, I mean, do you think America that they're only contacting yeah. you? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> How dumb do you have to be to think that only the United States gets contacted by the aliens? That means, one, if the aliens are as smart as they need to be in order to have these flying saucers and show up, don't you think they're talking to everybody? Mm -hmm. I mean, I just like... I mean, that would like be my assumption. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, why are they on holiday here and not doing touristic things? It's always probes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? They've never just gone somewhere and had a nice bowl of noodles. <laughs> oh, well, I see. I have seen. What's the Mel, uh, Will Smith and, and um, the, the guys in black, men in black, right? They walk among us mm -hmm. in, you know, skin suits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that would explain a few people that I've met since 2020. <laughs> 
I mean, I did, I did see that, that, I would no, that Tucker, Tucker um, came up with the, he probably thinks they're probably demons. I'm like, the thing is, I think if, if fine, yeah. right. One, there's no way if aliens have found us and care about us to like leaps of, of belief there that they haven't been here forever. I mean, if they've only been coming since like 1912 or whatever, oh, please. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like one lifetime. <laughs> there are people that were born in 1912 and have only just died, right? Do you understand how long even just even 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 human history, if like the world was made, at, you know, as Bishop Usher said in 6000 BC, that's still a lot longer than 100 years. So I, you know, I mm-hmm. the, the scale of the universe and everything. It's it seems to me that and and then okay, so Triwa would say yes. We have all of this ancient alien technology, so that's the proof that there's actually ancient. This is a good example of even when all of the evidence that other people point to you and say this is the kind of thing I'm proving, it just feels to me like Tartaria, you know, scaled up. Mm. Fine, you've got a lot of examples, but those examples don't make a persuasive premise of behavior. Mm. Well, they're also always outsourcing the origin of these civilizations to being alien technology mm-hmm. uh, instead of created by people or having some kind of angelic source, which I think is odd because a lot of people that would be crediting aliens with things are not crediting angels with the same thing. But if you talk about angels, you sound like more nuts than a conspiracy theorist talking about aliens. That, that, yeah, cases. there's a scale of view, which, which sounds crazier saying it's, it's probably, you know, their spiritual intelligence yeah. is good. We have stories about, I was like, I'm more willing to believe that one. Yeah. And it's like the sci-fi fantasy split. Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> The guy, the guys, the guys who want you know high tech and AI, and we promised we on the Mosaic Art promised to deal with the AI question eventually. Mm-hmm. It's a fancy search engine. Get over it. Um, <laughs> uh, that um, you know, sort of the delight in the possibility of greater tech versus obviously, I, I suppose what I'm more interested in is a you know transcendent realm of experience and contemplation. And I I do appreciate. I'm not sure how you tell the difference. Mm. so so my, my my little guilty thought is always you know that that throne room in the temple in the tabernacle go back to our flat earth pictures it could look like sort of you know a chair in a space oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of I guess like every so often mm. I admit that I might have the recognition that maybe the holy of holies is a perfect golden cube I mean it could be other than architectural but um I, I do find this the least persuasive of these. Let's go to Q. Yeah. How about that one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Spicy. Um, I, this one I find silly. Um, and, and I was, I, 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 I think I'm somewhat influenced by Milo's interview with the guy who was in the Q sort of community. You know, hoping mm. for, hoping for an insider to give, information about what was coming as we were all you know desperately hoping that whoever had been making up the stories that we were trapped in was going to be exposed 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so it's this thing that emerges out of 4chan, right? Right. Does it merge out of 4chan? Did you make it up? Well, this is the thing. Uh, it's I, like, like the birds I, aren't real, is it? It could be. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It, it's like uh, nobody knows who was posting all of the things that kicked it all off. Mm. So it actually could be birds aren't real. With, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> greater effect than just some billboards because it, it, it spread everywhere. We had people with QAnon on um placards here mm. in australia during covid um and basically i mean what is it it's it's tied with a lot of different stuff the thing is it's tied with so many different things that there is a lot of credible elements to the QAnon conspiracy theory mm -hmm. it's not just one truth claim that birds aren't real there's it's very very complicated and yeah, I can't dismiss it entirely because some so, of I mean, it I think, sounds I think very the, plausible. Well, the, core, the core claim was that there were people within the government in, in intelligent, sensitive intelligence contexts of whether mm -hmm. spy level intelligence or simply knowledge of the interior working of the administration that were mm -hmm. pointing to ways in which Trump was going to act and save us all. Mm. Trumpzilla. <laughs> Megatron. Yes, God. Megatron. Which I, I, the, the, I, does this go with the Trump and the dollar images you gave me? Is that part of the QAnon one, or is that another? Is that another Trump? No, I do. I don't know why. It just, it just came into my head. Okay. I just thought I would attach it. Sometimes I just do things and I don't really know. Well, we have to figure them out so that we can do authentically <laughs> find the significance and the connection since we're going to hear. Right. And, 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 and say, you know, it's like that, that what I see it in that is the degree to which we can trust Trump to not have been part of all of the other conspiracy theories that we were always were hoping that he was going to help us escape from. Well, it was the money, it was the, it was the money thing mm. because, uh, because you say conspiracy theory and a lot of people will start talking about the Illuminati and whatever. Right. But essentially what I found fascinating about that and I included the Trump thing, uh, I think this is why I did it. It's like uh, I, I included the money deliberately, okay, because this this is like the most interesting thing about American currency is that on your money yeah. <laughs> there is something that is so occult-looking occult. <laughs> in your face, crazy symbolism that just makes everything look like it's all under some horrendous structure of hyper-managed conspiracy and yet it's like, oh, it's just your money. I'm just going to go out and buy milk with this thing, right? Like that, that, that well, I think they chose that symbol purposefully. <laughs> I don't think that. So Casey is saying here, birds aren't real. OSB didn't destroy the WTC despite swearing to try. And men in black is true. Okay, we had a we have a vote. Oh, she settled. <laughs> Casey, this is the world we live in now. A swirling morass of confusion. Who benefits? Ah, well. <laughs> yes. I mean, but okay. So, uh, but the level of this is good. We've gone to the level of conspiracy claim is 
could there, mm -hmm. and this is a his, the historical problem too, one, how effectively can people make plans that don't completely backfire on them? Right. You know, so mm -hmm. warfare is constantly like, we're going to go and do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, even if you're Napoleon. Yeah. Um, uh, the degree to which the money in particular, and that usually these conspiracy theories are flowing around ways that people with apparent access to lots of money can persuade other people to do things. Yes. Yes. Which is a reasonable line of inquiry. Yeah. 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 Of course. I mean, we all work for money. <laughs> no one, uh, not nobody, but I mean, how many people wake up and will do what they're doing for free? Uh, it's just, it's the, the most Moms? simple way of explaining something. Moms? Yes. Well. I mean, this is... Going back to our conversation uh, two weeks ago on debt, right? And the sort of the degree to which we yeah. expect to be part of a money economy. And maybe this is where our the MK Ultra comes in. I also want you to talk about that. Um, the degree to which mm -hmm. we actually have to be in some way manipulated into belonging to this, go back to the money, the money economy, which is, you know, the big conspiracy theory that we're kind of working with in Draco Alchemicus of the degree to which mm. all of this you know, the, the desire for spice, the desire for control, the desire, therefore, for gold uh, enfolds people in not just demonic, but satanic levels of addiction. Yes. And that in trapping people in that way, as the NK Ultra um, claim of those psych experiments suggests, is uh diabolical but even more so it's like if it, people are purposely doing this to other people so as to transform them into obedient somethings mm. i mean this this is well, sin this is the like the terrible the degree to which can we do it to ourselves or are we always being drawn into it by bad actors who want to control the population Mm. Um, I had a few thoughts there. Basically, I mean, you could look at it, uh, you could look at it in a couple of different ways, but I think probably what we're doing when Draco Alchemicus is linked to this too, because to think about purposeful manipulation on that level it seems very scary and people will say oh no but that nobody really does that blah 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 you say okay forget about that kind of like government level x-files sort of manipulation mm -hmm. stuff think about it from the basics of a crack dealer <laughs> okay so if you go and get crack <laughs> you're talking to somebody who's actively manipulating people in order to get them hooked on crack because it's good for them if everyone around them is hooked on crack, right? So there's like the kind of kernel of the nature of the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're playing with in the story. Uh, that 
basically, if you see drug addicts of any kind, you're going to be exposed to the manipulation inherent in drug addiction, the cycles of drug abuse and the whole market involved in selling drugs, mm -hmm. buying drugs, taking drugs, all of it. So it's probably that a lot of people aren't using the vocabulary that would make them consciously aware of drugs being conspiracy <laughs> that makes it seem so loopy and tinfoil haddish to say that this kind of manipulation happens. Mm -hmm. But if you say something like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that crack house, that's the place where people get uh, invited in and manipulated and then ha have their um, uh, neurology manipulated and sometimes permanently affected to completely change their personality and behavior and put them under the control of the person who's brought them into that space. People think, oh, God, that sounds horrible. What's happened to them? <laughs> Oh, someone gave them crack and got them addicted to crack, you know? So it's just, it's a way of describing a behavior that I think is the interesting part of the project that we're doing. Mm. Playing with the, the language around behavior and how it covers it or it reveals what's actually going on in that particular um uh, human behavior or the relationship, right? right? So taking that as like a little, like the kernel of the crack addiction, like we can blow it up and make it bigger. <laughs> then looking at these other things seems more plausible, which is why I didn't dismiss the whole QAnon thing mm -hmm. straight away. Right. Cause I was like, oh yeah, like, um, human trafficking. Yeah, that happens. And I'm comfortable acknowledging that because, I mean, I've seen, I've been in a country before where there's evidence of human trafficking and like historical slave trades mm -hmm. that are still out all over the streets. So it's like, yeah, okay, of course there's human trafficking. Well, it's, it's, it's people straight, manipulate everyone, up. you know. Okay, so. I, Emerald Robinson on her Substack this morning was talking about you know the the the, the degree to which we are in the United States are done for, um, and her theory is um, the powers that be, aka our present government, has in fact um, colluded with China for us mm -hmm. to be taken over, and you know there are all these young men, Chinese young men, that are you know settled in the country now to be activated presumably, and that. Um, you know, this, this is the way that we are going to be made a vassal state of China, which sounds insane. It does. Until you remember what the British <laughs> did in the 19th century. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which like <clears throat> British purposefully addicted, got, you know, purposefully engineered the opium trade to get the Chinese yep. weakened to be able to take over, you know, control of their ports and things. Hong Kong, anyone? Um, and the Chinese yeah. remember, <laughs> yeah, and they plan for a lot. They plan for way longer than a hundred years. So, from that perspective, it's not completely implausible to say that the Chinese have a plan in order to subjugate the United States. And maybe that's why our borders are being flooded with. Oh, guess what? A drug. Yeah, from China. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
It's crack wars. It's crack wars. <laughs> and, and the thing is, yeah. everyone accepts that the British really, truly, honestly did do that in the 19th century with the opium trade. Mm-hmm. So why is yeah. it a conspiracy theory, if it is, now to suggest that you know, we might be being... It's happening again. We might be, yeah, be, be, be on the recipient end of that particular exercise. I, yeah. Yeah. So here we, here we, here we have Barbie. You know, say, I think this is a fill in the blank meme and we don't have a fill in the blank. You can go back to being pink or whatever, or you can know the truth. The choice is now yours, right? High heel or Birkenstock, right? Oh, yeah. The first one, yeah. what did I know? It's just like, no, you have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> at what point do we you know say wh- what kind of story are we in how are we going to find out mm. how are we going to go out into the world and test whether we've simply been living in this high-heeled fantasy version of our life of our reality or not mm. huh how do we test it? Well, we clearly have to test with the hardest one right now because it's the current one that everybody's talking about. Wow. The tunnels. Which is, oh. <laughs> which, which, I, I don't oh. even know what to think about the tunnels. Oh, my gosh. Tell me what to think about the tunnels. So we have, okay, one, I, I've seen I've seen this, okay. this particular pipe smoking care. Shouldn't laugh. I'm not laughing. It's the emergency giddiness. Don't worry. It's like what happened when, like, the, the you feel giddy in the presence of danger and need to act okay so yeah the pipe yeah. smoking guy is who he looks like a nazi is he a nazi in the in the meme right you've been digging tunnels across new york city haven't you oh i've seen that yes. me that image memed several times today right so with not just that caption but all to this effect of this is happening, isn't it? There's some real kind of activity that in this particular instance, the tunnels are being dug. And then we have the tunnel turtles um, saying, um, I think they're being Palestinian turtles here. From Staten Island to the sea, the sewers will be free, which is so many layers of joke. I'm not even sure where to start. Um, That's very (laughs) gentsy. Well, I I remember the turtles from I like that the original like cartoon movie. It was great pizza and everything, um, and then of mm-hmm. course the men um, in the New York um, it's is a synagogue or a meeting house or they're different. Is there a difference? No, it was okay. synagogue in their synagogue. Yeah, with tunnels coming. Tell me more about this. The tunnels coming into the building and they were in fact discovered back in December apparently. But I guess it's only a few weeks ago. Um, and the city was trying to fill them in. And there was a protest from the people whose yeah. tunnels they were. Whose tunnels are they? Does Those anyone claim people. the tunnels? Or did the turtles make them? <laughs> Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and the other one. <laughs> um, so basically, from what I know, there was an apartment building that was hearing people walking around where they shouldn't have been hearing people walking around like under the floor and in the walls. They did some investigation and suddenly uncovered the, uh, 
surprising presence of uh, corridors where there were no uh, official corridors. And this is New York City. To... You do realize there's like hidden yeah. subways and you know, I have lived in New York City back when I was in graduate school. The the building where one of my friends lived had a mikvah at the basement. Right? So it's a... <laughs> the, 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 New York is honeycombed with potential oddities for sure. Mm. Well, it's a very old city. Uh, we don't have cities as old as that in Australia, and yet we we still have tunnel systems in Australia, which I think are some of the biggest in the world, interestingly. <laughs> so uh, basically, if you go anywhere in a, in a major city and you start exploring underneath in drains, you'll find some interesting spaces and you'll be able to get in anywhere but uh, it, this was it, a little it's different a trope in the in the Discworld novels flat earth right the ankmore pork is built mm -hmm. on ankmore pork and there's like tunnels and drains and so so i mean some of the massive like roman cisterns under constantinople they're, they're mm. mind-boggling so yes all right so but oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, no, that that just triggered a thought of me almost falling through the road in Rome. <laughs> because it, So they do excavation in Rome a lot to do things, but because it's old and there's old stuff in the ground, they have to stop all the time because they find something new that they can't destroy. Right. And then the city doesn't have the budget for repairs sometimes because, you know, people steal money. Because people steal money a lot. And uh, basically walking over one of the grates and then part of it was missing and looking down, realizing that it always put my foot through something that was basically a three or four story drop into nothingness. Wow. No idea where it was yeah. going. Um, yeah, that's a common thing. Okay, so old so, city with that with, understanding with potential for this yeah. kind of thing, and yet this. Okay. okay, so here's the thing. The problem with this is that the tunnels had been dug out to link two different buildings. And they were quite deep. <laughs> and then uh, basically, obviously, illegally dug out. They weren't officially done a long time ago and then uh, They don't show up in any plans is what you're saying. There's, there's, there's no yeah. mark, there's no record there's... of these having been there. But, I mean, why aren't we just in National yeah. Treasure and finding the Masons' secret secret treasure <laughs> chamber well wouldn't that be good it is uh, new york they didn't after find all. any treasure <laughs> yeah and we have the money uh, with the pyramid on it and the founders and the eyes i mean you're saying these are not that kind of tunnel they didn't find really interesting treasure right. they found trash and soiled mattresses and baby strollers Baby oh, well, so, so the, the mattresses, one of the mattresses is in the picture, but they found some other children's things. Yeah. Yeah. So they found baby strollers in there and a bunch of mattresses. So that looks bad yeah. off the, like straight off the bat. Uh, illegally constructed tunnels that link buildings together that go very deep and that are full of what looks like trash and later turns out to be unusual objects that are difficult to explain 
Easy to explain when they're trash on the sidewalk waiting to get picked up by a rubbish truck. Very difficult to explain why they're trash in a subterranean a subterranean tunnel uh, that's been dug out purposefully and secretively that links two buildings together. What, what it was the synagogue and then now this is what I don't understand. They keep saying the woman's quarters of some other building, but I didn't understand that very well. So this is where my knowledge was... of the, the mikvah is actually relevant. So the, the women have to be do the mikvah, which is the bath, right? And you have to do that mm -hmm. monthly, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. The so ritual purification. Is, yeah. is it worth? Yeah. It's it's Hasidic, right? Um, yes. It, if it, at the level of orthodoxy, I've I lose track of exactly which categories are in, but um, it, for highly observant um, Hasidim, the women would have to do their mikvah, and and then maybe this, if if they're saying that it's linked to the women's quarters, then the women want to get to the meeting house. The, the women don't go to the synagogue, do they? Uh, some synagogues they'll go to, but they have a separate area right. where they they stay separately. And I'm not sure about the particulars of the um, Chabad synagogues okay. because they're kind of their own thing. Like this is where Orthodox Judaism splinters into the most like <laughs> interesting uh, micro sects that. Uh, you know, we'd kind of need a flow chart like Charlie from uh, Sunny in right. Philadelphia to kind of like link them all to figure out how it works. But uh, yeah, women can go into synagogues, but they stay separately in, in a different area behind a screen. Okay, so that would, that would be a practical reason you have uh, an access because the, the mikvah that was in the basement, is, it was in the basement of one of the, it was just a house or a townhouse kind of thing mm. apartments where my, one of my friends in, in graduate school was living in one of the upper apartments and and we could mm. you know the mikvah was in the basement and i think it was attached to a synagogue so they put the they put the mikvah mm -hmm. in one building and then would have yeah so why the you know where the zoning laws go for these sorts of things th that means like the tunnels are there and they haven't yeah. actually asked the city's permission to to make those connections which makes it more suspicious but but there could be an innocent, you know, there could be a, a, a straightforward reason for there being the women's access being separate from the men's. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But we need no, to that, that, no, that makes see sense. More, like diagrams of the buildings that we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, you'd need to see the you'd need to see the the structural drawings and and what had actually been done, which would require it would require surveying. People would have to actually go in there and, and map out what has been created but instead but as far as i know that's not happening in. is that the idea yeah yeah they're filling them in which i find very strange mm -hmm. <laughs> um because going back to the crack den <laughs> uh if somebody had uh created artificially constructed tunnels like uh, without permission, these things are not engineered by like civil engineering companies that have done everything according to a code. Who dug them out? That would be my first question is who actually dug these things out? I garden a lot. <laughs> 
It takes a lot to dig out the amount of dirt to fill one wheelbarrow. Yeah, what right? why didn't There's anybody notice? That. Okay, so this is a Terry Pratchett story too. Do because it? the dwarves are mining around under Ain't More Pork looking for something. I can't remember what it is they're looking for. And they, they have to figure out a way to get the, the dirt out of the city without the watch yeah. figuring out that they're taking all that soil out. It's a lot of dirt. Yeah. Like, even if you want to plant some tomatoes and you you set up this little, like, uh, above-ground garden bed or something, there's a lot of soil in, in just one little garden bed. <laughs> so my first thought looking at that is, where did all the dirt go? Where is the soil gone? There's so much, there's been so much excavation that's happened. Hmm. So if it hasn't been done with machinery and it's been done by hand, just how? Like, who did that? When were they doing it? And okay, when that's they a put conspiracy. It's like carrying out your pockets. What? Yeah. <laughs> were you throwing like prison it? Break, exactly. The prison break problem. How long it would take? Shoving to... it in your shoes yeah. and then emptying them when you come above ground and no one notices. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it is New York. Quite, quite I mean, amusing. strange things happen there, but. True. But yeah. I mean, this is the kind of thing, just from a practical perspective, like it, nobody's discussed it how they actually managed to pull off constructing them in the first place. That doesn't even get to the next step of why they were constructed because the claim has been that they needed access to the synagogue. So why did they need the secret access to the synagogue? According to the things that have been swimming around the internet the last few days, uh, it was because of COVID mandates. The problem is, these tunnels were created before COVID. I've seen, I've seen both though. It's like before COVID or after COVID. I thought, I mean, from what I've seen, it would... they'd have to have been built, dug some time ago, rather than mm. it would be. It could, they couldn't have been dug recently. But people, the well, people are only only recently hearing the the people in the walls. I mean. And in the ceiling. Yeah. So the <laughs> so the, the the voices in the walls and the, and uh, under their floors. <laughs> mm. uh, wouldn't that be funny if you were the person who was telling everybody, "I'm hearing, I'm hearing voices in the ceiling or the walls or the floor." No one believes you. They think you're insane. <laughs> and then the story breaks out. Ah, oh, that that would be amazing. But they were. They were hearing voices in their house. This is how the whole investigation started. So the reports are differing. I think this is the issue. Okay, with so the, at, at this level, it's like, why it. is it this just a why? Why is this a thing that's happened? The, the the topic we won't. What we really don't want to touch. Um, why is this a thing that is now a conspiracy theory rather than just some weird thing that happened in in New York? I think it's the response. I think it's been the response to it because, I mean, the footage was pretty wild. It wasn't like an organized, calm uh, discovering of the tunnels. From the footage that's been released, it looks like a car accident. You've got large crowds of people that are there. You've got the energy in the room of all of these people responding to some event, which is, I mean, it, it it's it's freaking them out uh they were fighting with the police officers the men in the uh, synagogue yeah i saw that the men in the synagogue yeah and the police officers are pulling uh members of this community out of the tunnels and it looks like they're doing that against their will 
So they're in the tunnels so, and pulling them out. Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, it just looks very heated. It's it's not like they've got police tape there and they're just standing redirecting traffic and it's a kind of boring thing. I mean, people are yeah, upset. Like you built something that the city has to condemn. It's like we had porches that we had to get rebuilt because, you know, the city's condemned mm -hmm. this because it doesn't decode. We'll figure out another way for you to have access to your buildings. Yeah, and like we'll yeah, fine yeah. you because you know you're stupid, and you know <laughs> <laughs> spent seven months digging with a hand shovel and getting the dirt out in your pockets. Like, but uh, that that wasn't what was happening. It looked like uh, uh, the scene of a of a car accident. Mm -hmm. There was an emergency happening, and the way the the way that the people were responding to the police officers. I mean, they've grabbed a massive piece of furniture from inside the synagogue, and the men are pushing it into the police. Mm -hmm. And then jumping and walking all over tables, which again is a very, uh, like, it's an unusual thing. If you're just watching police uh, discover illegal infrastructure, I mean, why are you jumping around the whole room and, and climbing yeah. all over tables? So, so does it, is that does, does the this, thing. okay? So, there, everybody, we, we do know what the theory is. So, we should probably say, maybe we should say that loud. I don't know. But is, is this like mm -hmm. or unlike the other, the other, options we've been looking at. I mean, 9-11, moon landing, flat earth associated with moon landing, JFK, UFOs, Q, Trump. That's all like government level mm -hmm. stuff. And, mm -hmm. and and as we've talked it through, it's saying, you know, conspiracy theories develop around these kinds of things because it, it seems to be wanting to hide ways in which people are being coerced or um money is being taken from them or resources of some sort or they're being you know sent into war or something like that this the tunnels thing is it like or unlike those it's unlike those i think this is the issue with it is it it's not implicating a bureaucracy like a military or a government mm. uh the 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 scenes are in a very uh, a very what's the word I'm trying to find the correct word to use here because these communities are not open communities they're very very closed in the sense that it, it, we're not talking about like uh you can get recruited into the u.s military and suddenly you get implicated in like uh some kind of conspiracy in this way or you go into a program or whatever uh these are families these are people that are related to each other this this is a this is a, what should be an environment of uh, a religious observance and uh I think that's the other thing that's quite shocking about it as well is that people are looking at a place which is on the outside presented as a kind of uh, a holy place for people of a particular religious sect. Uh, it the presence of these tunnels doesn't match the purported purpose mm. of the building that they've been created in, you know. Um. Well, okay, so the the, 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 the the worry people have is that the tunnels are being used for a layer of things that is like the crack dealing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
which I okay. suppose, you know, it's like it, it, it. So this is the, the flip side of the question. It's like the, the, the usual conspiracy theories about what the government's doing. And then yeah. your your crack dealing example was the, the sort of like from the wire or something, right? The, the Baltimore setup where it's it's the gang level things that are happening that drag people down into sexual slavery um addiction mm. um you know well those are that's it right it's like that yes. seems to be it and and that well there's i mean the, there, the ask it's like there truly is an underworld of that sort right the the, the drug dealing yeah. is real yeah. the the, yes. the the sex sexual exploitation and slavery is real mm. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, that's what a black market is. Right. I mean, the uh, it's not the only thing uh, that the black market is, but everybody knows what what do you buy on the black market? You're getting uh, illegal drugs. You're buying people's bodies, sex workers. Yeah. You know, uh, you're buying people's bodies for not just sex work, but work, i.e., slavery. Uh, you're basically using uh you're you're creating a market which functions uh under the radar of normal polite society um and this happens all the time i mean people are very familiar with like mafia activities like i right. said in italy you know rome can't find the money to fix a four-story deep pothole <laughs> there's a reason for that um because they've got a lot of organized crime there and 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 that taps into uh public coffers you know the the public funds get um get siphoned off by by these uh criminal syndicates and this is acknowledged openly in italy so it's like okay so this happens all the time if if you have a mafia you the mafia they have infrastructure most mm -hmm. people in italy they understand this very clearly too and it's not uh you don't sound kooky when you say the mafia has its own infrastructure. People understand this very, very well. They know the neighborhoods you don't go to and, uh, you know, visit when you're not welcome and you're not an invited guest. Uh, so, in, like, from that perspective, black market activity uh, it involves all of these things. And uh, you think about, what would happen if someone was engaged in that and what kind of infrastructure that they would need. It looks very similar to what's being created, connecting the synagogue and the other building with all the subterranean uh, access channels. And that's not out of the ordinary to ask why this infrastructure is connected to a place that on the outside is, is, uh, stated to be a, a place of worship. So what I find interesting about this is that there's no ongoing investigation. There, it seems that they've not really asked any of these questions yet and that the tunnels are being filled. And to me, that seems too soon. Okay, so that's why because, it fits in our conspiracy theory categories. Like why yeah, won't they let us understand yeah. what happened? Yes, even for the marvel of engineering, that would be Jews with little shovels under the ground. I mean, I like I have 
Okay, no, that that have, pers- that, that persuades me, but it, it's, 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 it's of the same character you know? and why people are feeling suspicious. It's like, yeah, it's the thing you're not allowed to ask more about. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. the, the don't ask the questions. Thing, yes, the things the things that we're not allowed mm-hmm. to look at and ask questions about, and um, why is it so hard to know? Yes. Yeah, and and the, the the enormous amount of media attention that's pivoted to mm. this that suddenly anybody asking these questions is an anti-Semite, and you know that the just mentioning any of this means that you're uh, somehow having a kind of anti-Jewish response. Mm. But it's not. It's I want to know how these guys built this stuff. Like it's kind of amazing well, I if think you think about you get, it. I mean, the, the sort of backfiring if you get people get curious because it it seems like something that yes, if if you found those kinds of structures under other other in other in another context, and I mean maybe they've decided maybe they've act, the city has actually already done the investigation, determined it it's structurally unstable, and they need to fill them in really quickly. Although my next thought was with concrete. Right. Why not? It's like if you're mainly worried about shoring up all the buildings, go in and like put supports and struts in them and stuff. The yes. concrete seems to me to be uh, it, it would be structurally worse to suddenly like make that dense level of wall or something in these spaces. I'm not I, I don't know. I'm not. You would need a lot of concrete to fill that space. So, yeah. So that's a lot. We're, of we're, our, our suspicion. Yeah. It's like one that we are being, okay, so at the level of the conspiracy theory, the gravy level here is um, something that's actually innocent, which is they made these tunnels, they were an insular community that's a little impractical, and they actually just wanted the women to be able to go from the mikvah to the synagogue. Yeah. And so the conspiracy is making all of us suspicious so that that we start, you know, having theories about nefarious activities that are happening here but don't that don't seem to be connected to anything else right if these are if these are Hasidic mm. Jews they're not in communication with a lot of other people that's the point yes right? so you said that they're, they're yes. a closed no it's a purposefully cloistered community cloistered they're purposefully community. closed off so it's yeah, like finding yeah. the Amish have make, been making tunnels or something yeah so so yeah. why are we being set up to be suspicious like a a lot of jews will never speak to people in this kind of community Mm. like liberal jews that have grown up in like a secular house that's barely observant or whatever like you're not gonna go and hang out with these people Hmm. that's why it's sort of like a nerve-wracking thing and then to say like because it's nerve-wracking there's a kind of uh anti-semitism no it's just it's it, it's like the most obvious thing to be curious about why this has happened. What are they doing? Well, no, my, like, my uh, conspiracy theory thing is like to now is like the, the media is always involved in setting us up some way or the other. Right. So yeah. that you could say, and the, this being going back to our original problem of the way things are reported historically, mm. the interest of the reporters reporting the relationship yes. between the yes. journalism and what becomes history. The the I mean, so I did watch the little video with when they're the police and the men are tussling, and it and the police started mm-hmm. using spray or something to calm push them back. 
um, exactly why the synagogue gets like things overturned and tables and you know they're pre- they're wrestling with the policeman. That all seemed very confusing. I mean, it could be to the degree mm-hmm. that the, the the you know the men don't want the police in their building, but. But again, if it was if it was an investigated thing where they were sh- they were closing down illegal infrastructure, you'd think that this would be uh, handled a little better. So, is it just a case of uh, them not wanting anyone to touch their property? But then, I don't know if if a, if a house gets condemned, people aren't allowed to stand around and watch. The, the demolition crew come and destroy the the house at close proximity so it doesn't make sense that there's a, an entire room of people screaming and shouting because the police are are, are going near this wall okay well there's so just Casey too and much Mel are, are, are hypothesizing um well they started talking about Mel, Mel Brooks but okay the tunnels link the synagogue to an unused mikvah, right? Which would fit with what I remember oh. seeing of the mikvah in the basement of the building that I, I, um, my friend lived in. Um, Mel, Mel saying, are the Jews dwarves? <laughs> the mining element here is, is interesting with, with the Pratchett. I think Pratchett's Jews are meant to be dwarf-ish, uh, Jew-ish, right? The, the degree mm-hmm. to which they have rituals that make them part of the community and deep down dwarves that um keep to the old traditions more and such so very orthodox um so mel is making the entire mel gets us into more trouble than anybody else maybe um tunnels are on people's minds because of gaza which is a a, yes um, uh casey's saying the tunnels under buildings must be filled underpinned for structural support yeah i i'm just wondering what it's like the things okay so is this we're building conspiracy theories about what right and i don't even know right because okay one it's saying you know jews do x y or z and then everybody says well these are a particular kind of community it's not the whole of judaism but the way they're reporting on it right now and the timing we're suspicious um Mm. i wonder if ari shafir comments on this too right the getting getting there uh yeah so casey kind of like the old stories of 1930s gangsters digging through to one building into a bank to rob yeah right so that does make us sort of wonder the garbage men noticed they were carrying out a lot of brick and dirt ah which then does make you think they realize they're doing something that they shouldn't be within the rules of the city yeah um and there was something else Casey said. <clears throat> they just put the refuse in the garbage that the city picks up. Maybe that's how they found out. Okay, yes. And I mean that's how in in the in the Terry Pratchett story with the the dwarves are mining under the city. The the um the watch figures it out because there's um carts carrying out the dirt. Yeah. They just spread okay, it around so that makes sense. trucks so that, that they they go out. Mm. well okay so that's the how then there's the why (laughs) now it's something that i find very interesting considering we've just been 
assaulted with the events between Israel and Gaza and all of that starting with the intrusion of Palestinians, claimed intrusion of Palestinians through tunnels mm -hmm. that they'd created. And this gets really tricky because I said uh, in DCR when that uh, first started and um, we were being told that the the response to the the terrorism attacks on October seventh was that the Israelis were going to go and bomb Gaza, and I said, "Well, they're bombing the crime scene." Mm -hmm. Now, it seems very callous, but that's what they're doing. Not making a claim about who's committed the crime yet. It is a crime scene. But if somebody, yes. if somebody has happened. managed to do yeah. something, yeah, if somebody has managed to do something like that between two neighbouring properties where one neighbour has tunnelled under the periphery and then gone into somebody else's home and done what they'd done. So if we think about it on a small scale. Then you would not be destroying the evidence. You would want to know exactly how they managed to do it. You'd want to know. You'd want to know. If you were a country... My assumption is that you would want to know how these people have done this so that they can never do it again because the complexity of being able to pull that off is so huge that just having the evidence there so you can find out what they've managed to do and to go around all of your military infrastructure, which is, I mean, in the case of Israel, ridiculously advanced. Right. So I thought, no, this is wrong. I mean, obviously it's wrong to be bombing anybody, but in in this in the steps that you would take to figure out how they've done what they've done, why would you destroy a crime scene? Like, why would you destroy the only evidence that you have that you're able to figure out how people have done what they've just done? So this is the problem with covering them up. In the case of what was going on between... Uh, Hamas in Gaza and Israel, nobody is ever going to be able to do an investigation now right. because northern Gaza has been flattened. I mean, it is a tunnel. The entire north of that city is destroyed. Mm -hmm. So no one's ever going to be able to find out for sure how they, the Palestinians, uh, members of Hamas, managed to invade the, the boundary of Israel and, and do that terrorism. Nobody will ever be able to know. So suddenly we have no ability to find out any any portion of the story. It's gone. The narrative now is all without any uh, ability to be revised, um, for good or bad. And I think that's kind of something that popped out at me. With the tunnels in New York City, it's the same thing because, I mean, we weren't really given a how, even though the garbage garbage trucks have uh, been noticing <laughs> noticing the dirt coming out in the trash cans. But a claim of why is not really good enough for people that are going through that much effort to break civic codes and to do something which is so dangerous. Because tunneling under the ground is not like uh, building uh like a fish pond right. <laughs> yeah. 
serious things can happen. I mean, can you imagine if the balls had caved in on those men while they were down there? There's a lot of people that would have been buried alive. So they've gone to serious amount of effort to build this tunnel. Now, if it's for a religious reason, that's that's a claim, but it's a really interesting claim because you think, well, if it's a religious reason, they've exposed the residents of the city to an enormous amount of danger by damaging the the integrity of the terrain. And so that has to be addressed, even without any of the other stuff. Uh, this is a serious thing to to mess with the the the, the foundations of, of buildings. That hasn't even been discussed. What we've seen is just a complete um, uh, kind of rage against anybody who is mad at what's happened. Uh, and no why, no official why given with like a, a proper investigation which you can't do if you pour concrete down these tunnels. So that's kind of where my head is at at the moment with this whole thing. We're put into a position where the tunnels are being destroyed and now all we can rely on is hearsay. Mm. And it's happened twice in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And, yeah, that kind of feeds the paranoia, <laughs> feeds the public paranoia, and it feeds... Uh, the desire for answers and conclusion, but if you can't get a, a, a proper one, then all you're left with is hearsay, and then we're left with journalists and journalists creating narratives about what's happened, right? Well, because so, everyone is you know sort of triggered to apophenia and trying to find the connections. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking of yeah. you know, with the JFK assassination that. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the accused is killed so soon. And, you know, yes, this, this yes. sense of there's evidence being covered up. Why? Right. Mm -hmm. Why is there evidence being covered up? Yeah. It's a straightforward question. Yeah. Um, you'd want to know, like, I, I in any crime, seen you would want to know everything and you would want to have documented evidence of it especially because they need to find out the people that were responsible for the construction right and if nobody's willing to come forward and admit it then there has to be some way that they'll find this out through the actual evidence that's been left behind as well which brings us to the evidence that was left behind. It was just very strange collection of items that were were pulled out of the tunnel. So, I mean, how can this not feed mass paranoia? And uh, okay, this uh, point, I don't even know. It's like we we just we're we're, gonna, we're left with this complete conspiracy theory of who is making this such a mess yeah of, yeah if there's an innocent explanation why isn't it easy to show if there's a if there isn't an innocent explanation why is it being i mean it's like yeah okay, yeah like was it some Jews selling crack I, in I, a tunnel like a conspiracy I, theorist <laughs> <laughs> no but it could have been like i know 
this sounds a bit nuts and it's a crazy sentence to say, but like it could have been yeah. some Jews selling crack in a tunnel. We would we we don't know. Like right. It, obviously you would lie if you were selling crack. So you're gonna tell everybody you want to get to the mikvah. All right, but actually you were selling crack. <laughs> Problem is, because you covered it up. Now everyone thinks you were trafficking people and yeah. children in the tunnel, you know? And then everything gets crazy. This is like a textbook lesson in how to create a conspiracy. It's like so, what you were saying yeah. about the Q thing that yeah, I I I was I was mainly um, aware of the arguments that they were making about things that they thought Trump was going to do. I didn't realize there was the trafficking element to the oh yeah theorizing as well. So yeah, okay. Well, where does this leave leave us? We're we're over time and we haven't figured anything out. Oh. We'll go back to Barbie, <laughs> right? It's like so. Is this a? Do we have a lesson for our listeners? Mm. Probably uh, keep calm in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, try not to get swept up into the the that that big surge that happens in a crisis scene. Yes, and it's it's just that, so the, the, the conspiracy calm. theory yeah. version of whatever's going on in the in the the synagogue with the the tunnels is somebody wants people spinning conspiracy theories about what was going on in the mm -hmm. tunnels because mm -hmm. they need to activate certain kinds of other narratives to get people upset yeah yeah which i've certainly seen um you know it's like oh it's you know we're now going to trigger all of the old conspiracy theories about this subgroup to do what right and 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 certainly in, yes. i will say in the middle ages when the plague hit there were lots of rumors about jews for example poisoning wells and the Pope said, don't be ridiculous. They're dying too. Mm. So, you know, the problem of the, the way that the, the conspiracy theory can spin into, well, who's, who's triggering them? Who, who wants, who, who, mm. what, who are you looking to blame for what? And why would this, yes. why would this, you know, particular yes. synagogue, how could you possibly believe that that was at the center of any world conspiracy of anything? <laughs> I mean, duh. It's, it's, that doesn't make any sense. It, it, no, as, it, as, as a master it, layer for for nefarious activities, right? Whatever Mark Zuckerberg is building, wherever he is in Hawaii, <laughs> would you the, would you think bunker. one of the the billionaires, you know, bunkers is more yeah. likely? We're talking tunnels, right? Yeah, billionaire bunkers and you know remote islands i mean are we living in a james bond movie or what <laughs> yes <laughs> the, the, these these these, oh, yeah. these new york city tunnels did not look that high tech you know i think i think at the no they were... the, the high tech the high tech conspiracy theory tunnels you need government agencies to build them for mm. you yeah or billionaires yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, just like I. It's like who's who is trying to make us trigger that particular version of whichever conspiracy. It's like it. Do, you do turn into the the kind of dream 
version of things that the Mel Gibson character is having. It's like everything is gravy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gravy. And then because you want a resolution in the gravy, mm. you just go, oh, all right, well, I'll just go along with it or I'll just ignore it, which are both bad options. <laughs> yeah. Because if you ignore it, I mean, you're ignoring something which is I mean, pretty significant. Uh, but if you go along with that surge of energy around the uh, around the uh, the crisis, then you get swept up in the the emotion, and that emotion gets redirected right. into something else, right. which is potentially more horrifying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, jury's still out on the tunnels, <laughs> but that's that's because we're not allowed to question it. And I think that's part of what is happening on purpose is that it's, uh, mm, yeah. it's being flipped around to something that we're all supposed to be looking at because look at it because the media are talking about it. Look, 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 but don't ask questions or you're a bad person. Now that has a very interesting psychological effect on people, especially people that have a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. They need to get it out and they need to redirect it onto somebody because a lot has been happening in the last few months uh, that would connect that particular community to uh, negative feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so I think that, that gives us a proper taxonomy of be wary of events that mm. are trying to trigger your emotions and make you look over there rather than over there. Mm. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good definition. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> so, so what, what have they, we've got, we've got a few more comments from, from our, um, okay. Mel is still worrying about the moon landing. What happened to the camera? <laughs> I want to start a conspiracy now and tell everybody that they were doing crack on the moon. I just want to start fake ones for, for the rest of the afternoon and see if anything sticks. Fake birds are I, real. I will leave you to that exercise. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed listening to us and you didn't join the chat yet please subscribe on unauthorized tv go to logos and tolkien and you'll help support us in our work um please watch for uh, kickstarter backers watch for your packages mm -hmm. they are coming soon please write reviews for us and and send them to us so we can put them in our newsletter um please buy our books and thank you for joining us and supporting our work we will be back next week with yet another analysis of the torturous symbolism and stories of our present life how's that i will we'll get a like you know outro sort of claim of why we're cool eventually <laughs> yeah we do we do conspiracy eventually. theories better than anybody else <laughs> <Good night. laughs>